Hello everyone, Rory here and welcome to another episode of the Thirst of All podcast. Now this is not just any old episode, this is a really, really special, this is a Thirst of All first, this is my first double guest, that's right, two people on one episode Uh, and what better way to do it than with Herno Gin Distillery based out of Sweden, one of the most highly awarded and just one of the best gins in the world. So I'm joined by John Hilgren, who's the founder, and Magnus Anston, who is the head of customer experience and one of the distillers also at Herno. So two very, very knowledgeable guys when it comes to booze, and it is a fantastic couple of round of drinks. That's not what about. Let's get straight into it. Well, a big welcome and hello John and Magnus from Her No Gin. How are you today? Great, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. And it's a very special day, even though this um, won't be going out on, on, on today, but it's a very, very special day. So I feel very honoured that you've both joined me today, which is um, officially Swedish GT Day. Um, and we're also celebrating 10 years of the amazing Herno. So thank you very much for joining me, which I'm sure you've got a, a jam-packed day today. Um, so what we'll, we'll get straight into it. We'll go um, into the now drink, which uh, which I uh, which we're not drinking right at the minute because it's a little bit early in the morning. Um, but I will certainly be mixing up one of these later on today. Um, so um, yeah, so talk to me about today's now drink. So we are drinking Martinez. It's- Classic, beautiful gin cocktail. Uh, and of course, it's not too early for us to drink one <laughs> right now. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, boozy, sweet cocktail. It's, we always order this at any bar. We, we visit to like check the bartender if he knows his things. <laughs> because it's an easy cocktail, but it's also easy to mess up. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I love that that's a, you you can kind of, you get a good understanding of if you're in good, safe hands or not with the barman if when you order one of these. Um, So um, to break it down for what, what, what are the, what's in it and what, what what are the measurements? Uh, So we are using uh, gin, of course, we do 50 mils of gin, uh, roughly 30 mils of a really good vermouth, sweet vermouth, and just a tiny bit of maraschino liqueur, uh, usually around 10, 15 mils-ish. Stir it with ice, serve it in a cold coop, delicious. Lovely, lovely. That sounds incredible. And in terms of the gin, do you tend to use the, uh, or tend to go for a, a higher strength gin in that, or are you quite happy with it? That or an old Tom gin, slightly okay. sweeter. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, I thankfully, I know the listener can't see this, but thankfully, I do have beautiful, this very, very special old Tom, which of course is her no old Tom. So I'll, I'll make sure I use that when I make one a little bit later today. So excellent. So I guess that now we've now we've got that, um, it's a good opportunity to introduce you two properly over a drink. So um, we've got, um, of course, Magnus, you've, you've just been talking us through the Martinez and of course we've got John. Um, so Magnus, if you wanna go first, just a little bit of a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself where you are today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I started at Hanujin. I think it's about five years ago. 
and okay. uh, start out doing uh, fairs and tastings and master classes uh, dur during the weekends. Uh, then John hired me for some reason. I really don't know why, but <laughs> I'm here. Uh, and today I am one of the distillers here at Hanner, together with Yuan and John, and still doing master classes and tastings and distilling. Excellent! Wow, that's uh, that's that must be great fun because you kind of oh, get yeah. the you got the masterclasses and you've also got the making it as well, which is uh, which must be pretty exciting as well. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And yourself, John. Obviously, we've we've mentioned earlier ten years of her now. Um, how did you kind of how did that all begin? Well, yeah, today is 10 years since the apples fell off the tree and hit me, I would say, <laughs> starting the gin distillery. But, but of course, I had a gin interest for quite a while before that. I started, as a, started out as a bartender in London. Uh, it's actually 21 years ago. Uh, went to London with a few friends just to have fun and ended up in a bar and discovered gin as a, well, as a, as a ingredient in cocktail, but also drinking it neat. And my personal interest for gin started at that point in 1999. And, and eventually after, after I've studied and, and working in, in a few public, uh, well, working for, for, the, for the government for, for many years, I founded a distillery 10 years ago. And well, we are actually 10 employees as well. Uh, Magnus was one of the first ones and has been here for quite a while now. So yeah, celebrating 10 years today. And actually we, we also started the, the Swedish Gin and Tonic Day uh first day today yeah excellent and i would absolutely be having a swedish gin and tonic and um i can't decide again i've got i've got all my i've got my herno collection out you see just ready specially for you yeah. so i can't really decide which one to go for so i'm as, as it's a special day and it's 10 years i might have to just kind of work my way slowly through all of them today just <laughs> or the four that i've got i'm, I'm missing a few um, but uh, I've I've got um, the the old Tom and the and your kind of headline gin are always on the shelf. I go through quite a lot of that, and I've still got a tiny little bit of the juniper cask um, left, and of course this one which I couldn't miss out on, which was your um, it was the second collaboration with Four Pillars, which is the Botany Bay. Yeah. So, uh, so those are what I'll be working my way through throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, but it's a long day. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So that that's great. It just gives us a kind of a um, uh, a bit of a background on on you two, and of course of of, uh, of as well. So we'll move on to the second drink in your round of drinks, and kind of for the listener, what we're going to do because this is the first one we've had with two guests at the same time, which is great. Um, so we'll start with each time with Magnus, and then move on to John after that, just so you know um, who is who is up first. So Magnus, over to you. So this is your then drink. This is an opportunity for us to get transported back in time to to to. Uh, to, to somewhere where that you kind of feel nostalgic and um, have, have really good, good, nice memories. So over to you, Magnus. Yeah, so my first, well, my then drink is actually my first legal drink I had. Okay. Uh, my first time ordering a, a cocktail uh, back in, I, I grew, grew up in a very small town in the middle part of Sweden. And first time visiting a bar and understanding the concept of cocktails and I ordered something called a snowball. Oh, uh, excellent. Yeah. It's a terrible drink. I can't drink it now, but <laughs> I, felt, I felt very fancy ordering a, a cocktail. Uh, 
So yeah, Snowball was my introduction to the cocktail world. Excellent. Uh, that's that's, br that's a brilliant one. That one. That's a brilliant one. It has come up. Um, it's come up before actually. Um, I, I think Caroline mentioned it. Actually. She did. Yeah, yeah, Caroline mentioned it. Yeah, which. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I have to say, you know, you, you say you don't, I, I'm I'm all about the snowball. I'm happy to have one of those at, around the festive period. I'm, I'm still I'm still on board with that. <laughs> yeah. So that's my when drink, and that's when the my interest for drinks and cocktails kind of started, yeah. So nice, still nice memories, even though it's not something you tap now, still kind of nice memories of, uh, of, of cocktails. I guess it's it's one of those cocktails that kind of, sh it shouldn't really be a thing. I don't think it shouldn't really, it, it's, I don't know if we should be drinking that, but hey-ho, we, yeah. we are, I think anything yellow and it looks, it's basically Avocar's like boozy custard, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. So it's quite a, quite a difficult thing to mix in, in many cocktails. Um, John, how about yourself? What would what's your then drink? Well, I'm I'm only going back five six years actually, and, and uh, me and my friends, including Magnus, uh, we have we had a thing for the last word, and we actually started the, the last word guild, uh, which we had almost weekly meetings at the distillery after after closing. So we did everything we could with the twists on, on, on lost words, actually changing the gin, um, changing the mask, you know, changing the, the garnish and so on and so on. So I would say the last word is my then drink. Yeah. That's a great one. That is not the In fact that that the, that cocktail hasn't actually come up yet, um, which is a surprise because um, I love that there's a guild as well, weekly meetings. That's really awesome. But um, I know that there, it's, I was only really introduced to it about two years ago, I think. It's just something I'd never even, um, never even come across. Um, and I have to say it's, it's, it's definitely up there, but I just, I don't tend to see it on cocktail menus enough, I think. Um, but again, it's probably going back to what we were talking about at the beginning. If you, I think if you see that, or if you ask for it in a bar and you get, you, you know you're in good hands if someone knows how to mix up one of those. Yeah, and I always I always order one when I enter cocktail bar. Okay, so that's your is that your kind of that's your go-to cocktail if you see it on the menu. Yeah, well, as, as you said, they're usually not on the menu, but I, I order them anyway. You uh, also, oh, you you just yeah. That's the <laughs> Excellent. Those are two really, really strong then drinks, actually. Um, what made you, I mean, did that, how did that come about then, John? We, the, the Guild, was that just something you just thought up one day or that was something that because of your passion about the cocktail, you, what you've always wanted to do? But I, I think that's a great little weekly work meeting. It sounds awesome. Yeah, well, it was, it's also a way to formalize our actually our meetings just to have yeah. something to hang up on. Yeah, it's, so, so we actually got together and, and had something to drink. Of course, we had other cocktails as well, but we got a you know we got a nerd focus on just the last word and uh, yeah. It's and have, you, have, you managed to, yeah. have you managed to get a perfect kind of uh, kind of mix, or you, is that you sort of tweak depending on depending on the day, depending on how you're feeling? It is dependent on how me and my friends are feeling, of course, but we've done so many twists and of course it's a powerful cocktail. It's a lot of alcohol in it. So, you know, it's the first cocktail that matters after a few twists in the same evening, you know, you get. Yeah, you get, yeah, it becomes a, yeah, it doesn't become a, the, 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 the palate struggles a little bit after a few of those. Yeah, it? it struggles. Um, excellent. Well, those are two excellent then drinks. So we'll go, we'll move on to the first drink. Now, Mangus, you said this was your first drink. Do you have exactly. another first drink or are we doubling up? I have another. 
Well, I said the, the snowball was my first legal drink. Uh, I say. <laughs> the first time I actually was introduced to alcohol was my parents were making homemade wine from apples. Uh, and I, I think that was my first drink, actually, homemade apple wine. Wow. So you were you were kind of destined to to get into the drinks industry if that was kind of uh, if that was on the uh, on the on the menu in your uh, your upbringing in your household that sounds a that and sounds we had lovely. A lot of apples and well, I I think I drank the apple wine more for fun than it was not actually <laughs> that good if I remember correctly. Effect perhaps. Yeah, for <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, that, that is actually my first drink, as I can remember, at least. Wow, that's that. Not many people can say that. I have to say that that's quite special. Was it? Was it? Was it kind of? Was it? Especially how old were? How old are we talking, Magnus? How old did you have been? Maybe seventeen-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And did it? Would, and is is it is it something that you kind of revisit now? Apple wine. It's I've, I've never had apple wine. <laughs> Not the homemade stuff, no, but I do <laughs> love wine and uh, apple wines. We have a fantastic tiny winery here up north that makes dessert wine or ice wine from apples that is delicious. Oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Absolutely, uh, but not the homemade stuff, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, thanks, Magnus. John, over to you, your first drink. Well, talking about homemade stuff, well, our region of Sweden, oh, northern part of Sweden is actually used to be before the EU, um, moonshine country. So, so we're talking about moonshine and, and homemade alcohol, actually. And, and uh, I started perhaps a little bit earlier with that than minus at 16, perhaps. Uh, we're also a, a, a part of the country where we have a lot of lingonberries, uh, which we have in our gin as well. Yes, of course. And there's, a, I wouldn't call it a cocktail or a drink, but there's a mixture of moonshine and lingonberries. It's called, um, in English? Wolf paw. Wolf paw, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's not very nice, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, and the moonshine is as, as well not very nice. But uh, actually, that's how it all started. Yeah. Excellent. That's a that's a really good uh, good one to get into at the uh, at the age of sixteen. So um, yeah, the lingonberry that uh, that's obviously that's in your it's in the in the headline uh, now, isn't it? Um, and um, and a, and a few others. It's I guess it's. From from my point of view in the UK, it's obviously not something we um, we come across too much. So in terms of sort of flavour on that, what how could we how do, how would you describe the flavour of the lingonberry? Well, first of all, if I guess most of you, almost everyone has been to IKEA. If you had meatballs and mashed potatoes, you have probably had lingonberry jam to that. Uh, ah, okay, is, of course, yeah, okay. Jam, but, uh, it, well, in, in a gin, it gets it gives a lot of texture, the flavor. While it's it's uh, I wouldn't say it's bitter, but it's um, tart-ish, yeah. like a cranberry, sour tart. If it's a berry, of course, it, that doesn't really come through in a gin. But yeah, you, you get the texture, you get the fruitiness. But if you eat lingonberries, they're kind of tart, sourish. Yeah, and is it is like is it um, in terms of like. Um, cooking and things they use it used that with that or is it sort of more your jams and preserves those sort of things or well if we're talking about pancakes all the children you know they use raspberries or whatever but sweet sweet berries while you get older as magnus and me you would use lingonberries <laughs> uh if you 
pork, you know, uh, bacons or whatever, you'd eat lingonberry jam. Yeah, or just, uh, you stir them just with a tiny bit of sugar as well. So it's, mm. not, it's not a sweet jam. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sweet, jam. yeah. Sounds, sounds, uh, sounds delicious. And I'm guessing as well, um, John. I'm guessing as well, John, that moonshine is not something that you, or that, or that the wolf pour is not something that you're, uh, you're rushing back to uh, to be drinking anytime soon. No, no, I, I've done my part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I drink my part actually. I have. It's illegal. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks, Jen. So um, let's get let's go on then to you to the last drink. So this isn't necessarily. Um, your favorite drink or um you know something that you you know you kind of happily have every day this is um this is going to be the last drink that you ever have um because a lot of a lot of times people say what would your last meal be if you're on death row i'm more interested in, to know what what would your last drink be so magnus over to you well my last drink would actually be my favorite drink i think mm -hmm. and that is a uh, really stiff Gibson Martini. Ooh. Okay, let's break that down. Let's break that down because the Gibson has come up a couple of times as well. Quite yeah. rightly though, because um, it's, it's one of my favorite drinks as well. So, and it's a really stiff Gibson as well. So break that down for us, Magnus, in terms of how that's made and what's in it. Preferably it would be Hernu Navy Strength Gin. Of course, I'm partial to Hernu, but it's a an amazing navy strength gin it is yeah. so powerful so so full of texture and the juniper comes through and it's spicy and it's delicious so 60 mil of heron and navy and a really good dry vermouth i usually use mancino uh, maybe 10 15 ish of uh, that um, stir it really 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 cold and add some pickled onions yeah it's 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 too good it's, the combination of that boozy winey and that pickle brine is just yeah it's uh, amazing that oh that has made me really thirsty that is i absolutely love it i love a gibson martini um and i i was getting i was quite late to that i think my my first one was in um was in Australia actually a couple of years, uh, several years back actually, um, and I'd never. I I think I'd. It's one I'd always seen and thought, mm, I'm not so sure about that. But I think as my interest in, well, obviously gin and cocktails, but the martini in in, in particular grew um as that you know that was one that was on my list and thankfully it was again that's that i've had a bad one but i think it's just it's just been badly made but um i think with those that that those ratios magnus sound uh, sound perfect to me nice slug of uh, 60 mil navy um in there you can't go wrong with that no excellent um john your last drink well, I had to uh, I had to choose between either a Corpse Revival 2 uh, or, or, or a Ramos Gin Fizz or, or I've never tried a combination of those two, but, but uh, that might happen. Um, <laughs> I would pick one of those. I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, I always have a last word at, at a bar when I'm when I visit a good bar. I usually have a Corpse Revival number two and I always have a Ramos Gin Fizz as well if they have the ingredients, but that, that might be tricky when it comes to Ramos. 
but I would actually, I would choose the Corpse Reviver too, so I could actually continue living up for, well, a bit more. Very good. I like it. That's a very, that's a very clever answer. That one. Very clever answer, John. So um, again, I'm I'm on board with that. I absolutely love that. But um, for, if anyone's listening that doesn't know what that is, do you break that down in terms of uh, in terms of ingredients? Well, we're talking about the uh, four equal parts cocktail. Um, when, uh, I usually start with, oh, I usually ask for uh, just a spray of absinthe. Yeah. And of course, uh, the bartender has different ways of doing it, either just stirring the absinthe and tossing it or spraying in a glass. Uh, we have one part uh, gin, of course. We have one part of, uh, which is quite usual, uh, Lille Blanc, a wine. We have um, um, lime. And we have uh, the orange liquor, uh, which I actually dropped my dropped off my name. Uh, Triple sec or control? I would say I would choose uh, control. Yeah, usually. Well, yeah. Equal parts. Uh, it's a very stiff cocktail. Uh, same as the last one. It's very stiff. It's a lot of alcohol, but it carries a lot of flavors. I usually ask for a, a navy strength and. If I'm not supposed to be biased, and if I go to well, world's 50 best bars, I'll ask for a Plymouth Navy. That's quite okay. common. It's a very good gin, for instance. Uh, there's also Four Pillars Navy, which is also a great gin. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the, mo the, the more powerful gins, so it comes through the stiff cocktail. So it actually tastes juniper, it tastes gin as well, not just uh, all the other ingredients. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I think um, I think um, I when I'm drinking any gin cocktails, I kind of I still because I love gin, I want it. I want that to shine through. And those those just those couple of gins you mentioned there, and certainly Magnus, what you were saying with the with the Herno Navy is, is that those those are going to be able to take some serious flavors on but you know with like the absence uh, absinthe rims and stuff so um especially when you do equal parts as well it can be gin can sometimes get a little bit lost you know that uh, one of mine as you probably know favorite is, is an agroni right sometimes you do have to just up or dial the bitters down or just just tweak it a little bit just to make sure that that gin comes through really nicely but i think you're using a really solid solid high strength um juniper forward um gin you cannot go wrong on that but uh corpse reviving that's a that's a number two of course so that's uh, that's great and did you say the ramos fizz nearly made it onto the onto the I, well, as I said, I usually order rum and gin fizz as well when I come when I come to a very good cocktail bar. But it, it happens quite oftenly that they don't have all the ingredients or they don't have the time because it has to be shaking quite a while. And I'm, it's well nowadays I'm not at a bar very often, of course. But usually we know me and Magnus we visit quite a lot of bars and we have a lot of friends with us. And if they have to make five, six, eight gin rum and gin fizz, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's capacity. So so yeah, but yeah. Uh, that, I, yeah. They're not going to. They're not going to look at you very, uh, very favourably, are they? If you order six Ramos fizzes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm, those they're, they're yours. Those two. Are, those are absolutely, uh, absolutely fantastic last drinks. So um, we'll. Uh, and I'm good to good to get the exact measurements to know what it is that you what you want and what your personal preferences are each of you. So, excellent. Thank you very much. Well. It's a good point to maybe then talk about. We meant, John, you mentioned it um, at the beginning um, about Swedish GNT Day. 
Um, so um, tell us a little bit about that because this is uh, this is obviously today is the first the first official one. Yeah, well, it's something we launched just, uh, well, we, we told people about it just, uh, what is it, 10, 10 days, two weeks ago. And um, we have a lot of Swedish gin distilleries popping up, uh, starting, well, we were the first one, the dedicated, first dedicated gin distillery 10 years ago. We have perhaps, what, 15, 20 gin distillers now? Yeah, I think so, at least. Yeah, yeah. something around 20, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we want something to, uh, we want something to gather around, and this is one way to do it and, and to get a consumer actually to see all the small gin distilleries popping up as well. We, we, are the, we are the largest one, but what of course we like to get the gin boom booming in Sweden as well. We are lacking behind when it comes to gin interest in, in Sweden. Uh, we talk about the UK, for instance, we're probably six, seven years behind the trend. Uh, um, much to do with the state monopoly alcohol you can only buy it at the state monopoly shops so you know the trend isn't that fast uh, on trade wise it is but off trade you know people doing cocktails at home yeah. we're still at a gin and tonic basis mostly so, so we wanted to do something just to get people gathered around you know the gin cocktail is it's a gin and tonic even even uh, regarding all the cocktails we talked about earlier today you know gin and tonic is the most popular one so we wanted to gather the, the producers do something about it just to boost the gin industry not not boost boost or boost uh, well <laughs> both yeah <laughs> i think that's great I, I think that's really um i really it's really something special and it's 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 um it's good to get as i think as you say it's good to give a bit of a focus on on swedish gin as well because i i, I didn't realize there was actually that you know up to nearly 20 now um, obviously, we're probably very limited to what we can get here in the UK, but it's good to kind of give a shine the light on everybody, and it's, it, it becomes a um, a really nice community, I guess, for you guys then um, to, to in order to be able to do that. I also, um, I think I remember seeing something about a hotel. Yeah, yeah, we're actually opening up a bar in Stockholm in a few months, and we start. Uh, we actually we're now in a planning process at a. 10-story hotel in our city with 125-ish rooms. It's a, yeah, it's a Henry Gin Hotel, yeah. Wow. Now, that if there's any reason to go to, to Sweden, that is absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's absolutely, yeah. I'll be, uh, sign me up. I'm coming over. That sounds, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds excellent. It will be ready in uh, perhaps two years. We're just in a planning stage now. But, uh, yeah, you're more than welcome. We'll send an invitation for the... Uh, um, when we're not fantastic thank you yeah um I, I, I it's just something i caught my eye in the headlines um probably a couple of months ago i think it was now um so i just i i, I had to ask you about it because because uh, it, 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 it certainly piqued my interest okay while we're talking about gin and tonic as well i'd be interested to get both of your opinions on um glassware because glassware comes up a lot on this podcast and you know the 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 the, the the, the kind of um, you know highball copper glasses tumblers those kind of things. I'll just be out of pure curiosity for each of you. Um, what your preference is when it comes to a gin and tonic? Highball. Highball. Yeah. yeah. John, you John, are you the same? Yeah. Yeah. You saw. Yeah. I, I, I thought that would probably be the answer. Magnus was answering before I'd even finished the question there. <laughs> quite conservative when it comes to gin and tonic here, actually. It's quite stiff gin and tonics, very little to no garnish, lots of ice, neutral tonic. Just yeah. let the gin shine. Let the gin, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, 
I'm with you on the garnish. I don't. We um, I get, when I'm at home, uh, I, um, in a in a previous episode with Olivier Ward, we were talking about sort of gin and tonics at home, and that the fact that garnishing isn't really. I'll kind of do it if I really feel like it, but vast majority of the time, I'm quite happy as long as it, as you say, as long as it's a decent gin, yeah. nice neutral tonic. Um, I don't see the. I, I, I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy with that. Um, I think there's a there's a definite in the. Um, I think that people think they have to garnish it because it's a gin and tonic. Yeah, it might have, uh, end up in like a fruit salad. You know, I want it, even we want a gin. We want a yeah. gin and tonic, not not tonic fruit salad and gin or whatever. So so that's well. Well, we we are conservative. We're classic gin tonic. Yeah, very classic. You are, and I think that really came. Um, full circle with um, gosh gosh it must be is it maybe two years ago or one year ago since the not pink expression that you did yeah exactly one year ago april well, last year yeah. yeah and that was very much you know um a traditionalist's view should we say on 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 gin in the category <laughs> it is yeah it is yeah. yeah so um before we move on to the never never drink um What's what's we talked about um, ten years? We talked about the hotel, but in terms of you know gin and and the, and the products that you're making, is there anything that you've got on the cards that you're kind of looking to to do? Are you focusing on your core range for now? Obviously, it's it's difficult times um, for for everybody at the moment. So I just wanted to sort of where are you where where's for the next say. We've had 10 years of her now. Um, you know, what, what's the, what are the future, any other future plans for you guys? Yeah, we'll have 10 years. It's difficult. We usually get a question, what happens within the next five years? We don't know. But within oh, the course. next year, I would say, you know, of course we will keep, you know, our core range, but one of the fun part of being a distiller is not just to do the same thing every day, is, you know, to actually to do something new or actually twist whatever we're doing. And we're coming out with a cocktail series, uh, pre pre uh, pre ball cocktail series with uh, I would say non-traditional uh, <laughs> way of bottling cocktails uh, in, in a couple of months. Uh, we'll see if they, if they reach the UK or if they just stay in Sweden. But that is one of the focuses we have. Otherwise, you know, cask maturation is very popular. It's been for quite a while, um, which we like to do as well. Short time cask maturations, but but. Uh, we, we, we're a hardcore gin distiller. We don't do other spirits. Mm. Yeah, no, and 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 you do it excellently. So you know, I think that you you you've, that core range is, and it's a it's a substantial core range. I would say, if in in comparison to 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 a lot of distilleries, it's it's a it's, a, it's quite the quite the core range. There's been many times of you know I've kind of walked up at you know at Junipalooza. Um, in London, and you've got your core range lined up on on the bar, and you kind of, and and it's been like that for for a fair while as well, isn't it? It has, yeah. Well, the, the, we actually adopted the the, the pink bottle uh, to the core range. Otherwise, we've had it for five years, I would say. Yeah, please. Five yeah, years. since we released the old Tom in well, ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that that always stuck out for me um, to Hono in that just having that quite substantial cool range lineup and and each one is different each one is classic um and each one is you know just so so good and the awards speak for themselves really don't they because um you know you, you only have to look at the, the bottle of the old tom and oh goodness me i think if you put every uh, if you put a sticker for every award 
that the old ones had, you wouldn't actually see the label. Well, that's true. Yeah, we try to use well, we try to publish just the, the, the last ones or the or the, the the heavy ones or the, the, the big ones. Yeah. The big ones yeah. Absolutely, absolutely right. Thank you for that, gents. That's a, a a great little overview of Herno. And so let's move on. It's time for your never dream. This is always the toughest one, I think, for people, um, because um, unfortunately we have got to make the decision um, to remove something from the, from the from existence. So, Magnus, do you want to kick us off with your never drink, please? Absolutely. I'm going to remove a whole category of drinks, and that is energy drinks. Oh, yes. Excellent. This is the first time that this come up. And I, I, I don't think you're going to have many, certainly people listening to this podcast. I don't think there's going to be many people argue with that one, Magnus. Um, what, but talk to me why, why. Why are we getting rid of energy drinks? I know why, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I, I still, for, first of all, I don't see the point of them actually at all. They're usually quite expensive. They are just full of sugar. And I still have not come across one that tastes even decent. I, I, I don't understand if you're going to do them, why not make one that actually tastes good as well? Uh, and don't even get me started on doing cocktails with them or drinks. Oh, what a, what a waste of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, no, energy drinks has to go. Um, I cannot see the point of them. Brilliant, brilliant answer, Magnus. I completely agree with you. I think that especially the ones they're in a, in gigantic cans and it's all exactly like six hundred mil cans. Yeah, Who just a huge amount of goodness. God, God knows what in there. Just yeah, I dread to think. Um, yeah, I've never been into energy drinks. I have to say, so I'm with you on that. That's I'll take that away. They're gone, Magnus. Thank you for, but I think many people will be thanking you for uh, for getting rid of that. Um, John, how about yourself? Uh, well, I'm into getting rid of the, the artificial colored gins, actually. Uh, and as Magnus mentioned earlier, we're, we're very, very traditional when it comes to gin. Of course, there are gins, there are distilled gins and there are London dried gins, and you are allowed to color a gin, you are. But as, as with our pink bottle gin, we don't want to sell a product that actually sells because it's pink. Uh, because of a color we want to sell a product because people love the product inside the bottle so getting rid of all this well if, if you make a gin where you get a color to it of post distillation that's okay but just coloring it because you want sales rubbish well that, that <laughs> i couldn't put it better myself um i i yeah I, I think you probably know that i would definitely agree with you on that one john um i think that um if I was to try and pick a positive out of them, it can potentially get people into gin, but I don't buy that they would um, kind of fully convert them um, in all honesty. And actually, um, as we've seen, um, certainly over the last two to three years um, in, in well, worldwide, because they're, we're talking about massive um, drinks companies here, um, you know, they have just put out color after color, flavor after flavor. And I've, I'll be honest, I've completely lost track of, uh, of how many and how many different iterations that could possibly be just when I think it's all done. And then we, I thought pink, I thought, oh, it's dying down. And then orange comes up and then yeah, it, 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 we're just working our way through the rainbow here, I think, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Well, when we started doing expos in Sweden almost 10 years ago, uh, well, actually, after we launched our slow gin, which is, of course, a colored gin yeah. from we never used it at a bar at a bar because from a distance, when people saw that's a colored gin, I wanted they wouldn't yeah. try our gin range. So we 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 didn't use we didn't we didn't have the slow gin until like two three years ago when people tried our regular gins or our core range and then they could go into slow gins because yeah. we don't want to sell on color we want to sell on flavor. That's a that's a great approach. I, I guess when you do these kind of events and things. Is that something that people ask you quite a lot in in that in that maybe that was what kind of started the the the, the not pink one? But do, do people ask you? Will you ever do one, and or do you do one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we, we've we, we've done trials. We we have a, a something called Hannah Blackcurrant as well. It's a spirit drink. It's not a gin, but we've had colored gin flavored pro, uh, products earlier. But but you know, going into the pink gin trend, it's not our thing. Uh, we did it as as a, a uh, as a trial April last year just for fun. And, and with a, perhaps a finger pointing to, towards the industry saying, you know, we don't do artificial and it's actually selling that well, that, that it's, it's, it's listed, well, in Sweden at the state monopoly and we, we're exporting it as well. So it's, uh, it works. It's a London dry gin, uh, which is boosted with extra juniper, more juniper than we ever used in any product. And we have the, the uh, strawberries. Yeah, pink flavors. Yeah, the pink, the pink, the pink flavors. flavors that yeah, exactly. But it's, it's in the distillation, so you get, don't get flavors when you just distill it. No. So it's in the maceration and distillation. Exactly. Uh, but you get the flavors out of it, but you don't get a color. No. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think arguably as well. Oh, sorry, go on, Magnus. Oh, yeah. And of course, most importantly, pink gin is a cocktail. We all know that. The pink gin cocktail. Yeah. Which is actually I, is a very nice cocktail. I, 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 yeah, for sure. I, yeah. yeah, for sure um so yeah no it's a, it's a it's a great point i think arguably when you distill some of these things like strawberries i i distill black currants and black currant leaf you know arguably the flavor that you actually get i in my opinion is is a lot nicer than that kind of sweet sickly macerated um you know with yeah. especially with added sugar the actual flavor you get from those fruits is like nothing else and like as you say, you get that really, in, really intense aroma, but the, the just the, you get this different level of flavor. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Blackcurrant leaves. You know, you, you get a powerful freshness which you can't get post distillation. You can't. No. Exactly. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, excellent. Well, gents, thank you so much. Well, let's do a let's let's round it up. So the the now drink the Martinez, which um, you both uh, we both come up with, and then Magnus, your round of drinks follows. Uh, your then drink snowball, which I'm very <laughs> pleased that that's came. I didn't think that would be coming up today, gents. I have to say. Um, then your first drink. Uh, apple wine, homemade apple wine, I have yeah, to say. Exactly. Uh, your last drink will be a really stiff Gibson Martini, which yeah. is a great, great shout. And then you are getting rid of, I think everyone rejoicing everywhere that you'll be getting rid of energy drinks. That's an yeah, excellent point. choice, an excellent round of drinks. And John's your then drink um, last word. And I'm very jealous that you have weekly meetings around that. Um, your first. Uh, moonshine uh, with lingonberries, which the cocktail was Wolfpaw, I think, as well, wasn't it? That you, yeah. <laughs> and you won't be having any more of those anytime soon. 
your last drink, uh, Corpse Driver number two. Um, and we got the breakdown of that and that does sound uh, delicious. And then of course, you will be getting rid of artificial, color, artificially colored gins. So two very good uh, round of drinks there, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me on what is a very special day for Herno Gin. Um, so I'm sure you've got lots of, uh, you're busy and you've got lots of plans today and lots of things. So I'd just like to thank you so much for taking the opportunity and the time to, to talk to me today. So um, I'm raising a, a glass of, uh, oh, I'll be a Swedish GT first and I'll have Martinez for you a little bit later on, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Cheers. There we go there. Thank you so much to John and Magnus from Herno Gin. Um, make sure you check those guys out over on their website and of course their social media channels at Herno Gin. You can find me at First of All Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thank you for joining me. It's uh, We are halfway through the second series. I can't believe it. Um, thank you so much for all your lovely comments. Keep them coming. Please like, subscribe. Um, tell everybody you know um, and of course as always until next time raising a glass to you all cheers <laughs>